Hello, my name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. And what is Zen Parenting Radio, sweetie? It is a discussion between you. And who are you? I'm Kathy. I know, but what are your tendencies? Spiritual? Emotional. Mom and a logical and practical dad. That's me. Yes. That's for all the, the newbies that are listening to the show for the first time. Hopefully there's a bunch of them. You know what this show's about? Balance? Yes. Conscious living, conscious parenting, self-awareness, and enjoying your life. And we have three daughters, ages 5, 8, and 10, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent. And a better... And enjoy life. That's you right. You know, you are better. You are good, but let's now enjoy what we got. So topics this week. We got a bunch. Don't know exactly how many we're going to get through, but we are going to talk about um, an article that was sent to me by a friend called 11 Things I Wish Every Parent Knew. It's a goodie. And I don't think we're going to get through all 11 things. No, let's just do a few at a time, we'll and then we'll do the next week. A few at a time, but, week we'll do a few and then more. we're going to talk about this uh, preview that we saw on The Mask You Live In. Uh, yeah, it's a documentary that's coming out um, by the same woman who did Misrepresentation, which was a documentary about how women are underrepresented in the media and how the um, the image of women in the media is often very negative and stereotypical and um, fighting and cattiness, and then she did this new documentary because I know you want to move on, but I want to say this That's real okay. quick. Go ahead. The reason she did this new documentary about boys and men is because she went out on the road with her documentary, uh, documentary misrepresentation, and was talking to women and building up, you know, finding an audience of people who agreed and how we have to make a shift. And a lot of people asked her, "Well, what about the men in our country? Right. Aren't there? Isn't there a male crisis going on too?" And um, so she started doing, and it just so happened she was pregnant with her son. Right. So she started doing some work on that, and she came up with a lot of the stuff that I think you and I agree with, because it's part of the reason we're doing a class for boys. And we're going to talk about that in a second. First, I want to talk about our first partner, Helping Hands Maid Services. They do cleaning and maid services all over the Chicagoland area, and their phone number is 630-530-1324. 25 bucks off your first cleaning if you mention Zen Parenting Radio. You know what's funny? You always say they do maid services. What, what else? They do I... maid service. Maid services. But is does it need to be plural? It is because I said it is. Okay. That's why. All right. Um, so support us by supporting our partners. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so it was funny because we're starting this class called BU. Mm-hmm. And it is a, how would you describe this class? Oh, I would say it's a class for young boys to help them. Um, young boys and girls. Young boys and girls. And I, the reason I said boys is because our girls class has been full for a while. And we're still you know, working on this boys class. But yes, for boys and girls, getting them at an age where they're still um, at a place. Uh, they're like right in between that, that pre-adolescent thing. Mm-hmm. Like where they're um, still very kid-like. But at the same time, they're starting to get into that world where things are getting a little confusing and they're starting to be bombarded with images and with ideas and with feelings. And so it's a wonderful time to start talking to them about self-awareness and understanding uh, self-appreciation, uh, how to tools to deal with things that are difficult, um, normalizing things that every child experiences. And most important, even though a lot of people don't want to hear this, um, how to deal with normal emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and I have been racking our brain because when we first threw this idea out there, we had a waiting list for the girls and we have struggled with getting boys signed up. Right. So you and I were racking our brains to figure out how to communicate this message differently to engage the parents of boys. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, 
just last week, we found out about this documentary that we've been talking about that it's not even out yet, I don't think. No, it comes out in 2014, so all that's out is the trailer. So what I did was I queued up a few different parts of this trailer. Now, the first thing is I want to forewarn our listeners. In the first clip, I'm going to play three clips. Okay. And they're all about 15 to 30 seconds. The first clip has some foul language in there. Okay. All right, so if you're listening to this in the kitchen while you're cleaning your dinner up, and there's kids with an earshot, it might not be the best time to listen to this. Okay, so a little bit of uh, parental guidance here. Right, so because for the most part, you and I have a clean mouth. True, and we, and we have... No, no potty mouths on Zen Parenting Radio. <laughs> not on the radio. Sometimes I swear in real life. You do, and the only time I swear is during watching sporting events. I know. Or when I'm out with my buddies. Right. But other than that, it's not a big deal then for the me. Then the foulness comes out, but... Um, yeah, so this, so what you're gonna do is you're gonna play a clip from this documentary. Should we do them all in sync or should we do one at a time? Might I think be, we should do one at a time. Do you? I don't know. Okay, so this is the one that is, um, has the foul language. So bear with us and I'm gonna just cue And again, up the mic. Be- before you put it on, this is from a documentary called The Mask You Live In and it's focusing on how to support our boys because our culture and our society is, has put them in a box and not allowed them to be free with who they are. Great intro. Here we go. Stop crying. Don't cry. But you need to pick yourself up. Don't be a pussy. Don't be weak. Be cool and be kind of a dick. Always keep your mouth shut. Nobody likes a tattletale. Bros come before hoes. Don't let you woman run your life, all right? You lit. What a fag. Be a man. Be a man, not a pussy. Get laid. Do something. Grow some balls. Man up. Man up. Man up. Man up. Act like a man. Be a man. Mm-hmm. All right, so that is the beginning, almost the beginning of this preview of what this documentary is about. And because this is radio and you can't see it, the visual of it is it starts with a little boy who's in preschool, and he's looking at the camera, and then they show just clips and clips and clips and clips of men, and then they end coming back to the little boy. And the importance of understanding that is that little boys are hearing these messages that you just heard mm-hmm. every day from men. And if they're not hearing it in words, they're seeing it in action. And men are basically told constantly to man up. Right. And what does that mean, Todd? What does it man means up don't means? be weak. It means be strong. It means don't be vulnerable. It means if you are vulnerable, then you're not going to get the girl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's... How are we, and what is it about uh, bros before hoes? What does all that mean? That means that you would never diss a buddy for a girl right regardless of the situation and then the whole you know my favorite line from that because it's from the 40 year old virgin which Mm. makes us laugh even but it's a comedy where it's not funny because we think it should be true to life but be cool but be kind of a dick i know like that guys are supposed to kind of just be jerks and that's what girls want that's what we think that's what you think right right no that's not what girls want but that is what we think girls want And, and truly there are some girl tendencies to like the bad boy. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Yes, So that's a truthful thing. Right. And I think that, you know, obviously not everybody, but I'm sure a lot of girls like the bad boy. And then they figure out that the bad boy is really not the best. Is a very unhealthy and full of pain person that it may seem somehow dark or sexy or appealing, but in the long run, it's someone who has no emotional awareness, who's actually kind of cruel. So what is it about girls that... That's attracted to, and I say this because not that I was a saint, but I was categorized. I would categorize myself as you know, a, somebody who was not the bad boy. 
Right. Um, you know, in high school and college and all that. And I would see but these... But you had braces in college. You weren't <laughs> a bad boy. I would... I would um, see these guys who were jerks to the girls, yeah. and they would always have girls around. Right. Very confusing. Well, and again, part of that is I think that if a guy is kind of a jerk, it's kind of like a bully or a, someone who's deemed to be popular, where if people are kind of, if they don't pay attention to anyone and they kind of just don't care, then you kind of be, you want to be the one that they are drawn to. Right. You know, um, you want to be the one that, you know, that, oh, I can't talk to anyone else. Nobody else understands me, but you understand me. You know, I'm just so can, I'm, you know, girls don't mean anything. Oh, but you mean something to me. It's like the whole... Um, you know, it's like the Edward Cullen thing, mm-hmm. you know, and even though he wasn't a jerk, but he didn't care about anybody and he, no one could get his attention ever, girls or guys for that matter. And then all of a sudden he's just drawn to this one girl and she's the one, you know, and there's a feeling of being special in that. But what we just said is true in that that can be a rite of passage for a girl, but right. girls eventually figure out, or I hope they do. Some do, some don't. Some don't, I guess, that when you're with somebody who is that aloof and that much in pain and who thinks that getting through life is about being a jerk, mm-hmm. um, that comes back to haunt you. That that becomes your pain. Right. And the truth is, is you can't solve someone else's pain. they got to deal with their own. So to keep this going, um, I want to play the second clip, the second of three clips, and I don't think there's any potty... Potty words in this one, so I'm gonna go ahead and it's about 18 seconds. That's right. Man, why is that masculine? Why am I ostracized because I don't want to fight? Because I don't see the point in having rampant, unprotected sex with uncountable women and then boasting about it over booze and smoking a, a joint. So let's take two. And okay. that's a guy who is. I think this is kind of maybe not the ideal, but he's the opposite of what we just described. Mm-hmm. He is somebody who maybe has some more um, ability to get in touch with his emotions. He's gentle. Gentle. And how, m- not most guys, but many men would see that guy and say, what a wuss. Right. And the Because whole- he doesn't want to fight. Because he doesn't want to have sex with people he doesn't he doesn't love or care for, because he doesn't want to overpower other people, he is therefore a, a wuss. A whoops, right? Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of words that I can use to describe that guy, mm-hmm. but I think we all know what they are. And and the thing is, is but is that true? You know, and that's the question: is is it, you know, is it true because he's gentle and he doesn't want to fight and he wants to respect women and respect his own body that 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 he's He's weak. No, it's not true. Exactly. And these are the questioning, these are the societal questions that we need to ask is, um, you know, backing up from these things and saying, well, people think he's a wuss, so therefore, end of story. Mm-hmm. Is he really? Is that the truth? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when you think about raising your own son, wouldn't you want to raise him to have respect for himself, respect for women, respect for um, other people, and understanding that fighting and hurting other people doesn't solve anything? So, what this is, is when you get a group of guys together just like a group of girls together conformity at a young age plays a huge role sure and you do not want to separate yourself sure from the group you want to fit in and right now unfortunately my guess is that the high schoolers and the college kids out there right now who are young men want to fit in and the message that we have created in the society is what does it mean to fit in it means to get as many girls as you can yeah to always choose bros before hoes right and 
it's just really messed up. And what we're trying to do and what this woman who start, who is creating this documentary is trying to do is to shift the perspective on what it means to be a real man. Right. And it's a really long, hard road of how we're going to be able to manage that. And I'm, you know, we're doing it in our small way with this curriculum that we've created. I'm just so grateful that something like this even exists. Well, and, you know, Todd and I, well, there's a belief system that uh, we both carry that I think a lot of people carry that when you have something that you know is important or something that you feel inside that you need to do, that the universe rises up to meet you. And what that means is this class kind of just poured out of us, like this is something we need to do. We've worked with parents a long time. And now we want to start working with kids at, and parents simultaneously because mm-hmm. the class is not just for the kids. The mm-hmm. parents are um, they play supported. A they play a role. We help them. We support them because it's not about us teaching your kids. It's about us starting a conversation and then you continue that at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we're so excited about doing this. And, then, and what's so interesting is that you open that up and all of a sudden you find a documentary. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden these clips get sent to you or these articles get sent to you that support exactly what you're doing. And that it's all connected. It's There's a oneness to it where when you start doing something, all of a sudden you see it everywhere. And we're getting resources, to your point, that we could not have dreamed of no. or created ourselves. And it just so happens that it's happening at exactly the right time. This is a tool for us to try mm-hmm. to sell this idea to the parents of our community because we want because right now we don't have a full class for the boys mm-hmm. and we started the message we started was um emotional intelligence and nobody signed up no, for it they so didn't then, like that word so now we're coming up with leadership through you know scholars gentlemen you know the words that that feel better to moms and dads that make them that resonates with them when they think of their son. And the thing is, is I don't care what words they are because it's all the same thing. Right. Meaning we're not, it is true. We're trying to focus on scholarship and athleticism and being a leader and being a gentleman as well as emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, but whatever language mm-hmm. works better. And here's the thing is we're trying to find that balance for boys. It's not about stripping away their, what is stereotypically masculine. Hey, you're a boy. Celebrate that. Celebrate it. Love right. it. But what we're trying to do is part of becoming a gentleman is being a man and respecting your manhood and being a compassionate person simultaneously. What we've done in our society with masculinity is we've taken anything that is at all feminine, feels feminine, and disregarded it and said that's weak. And I think one thing that's shifting in our society is women are understanding that the things that used to be deemed weak, like emotional expression or intuition or, you know, moving with your gut or um, whatever, these are strengths. These are gifts. The ability to feel other people's experiences, the ability to understand other people, that's what true leadership is. And so what we're trying to help boys with is having an understanding of their masculinity in owning that and respecting that. And at the same time, understanding that understanding other people will help you also. If you shut off from your emotions, there's a lot of pain. And I don't know if those are some of the clips that you're... Do you have any more clips? There's one more clip. And But what I was going to say before I play this last clip is really my goal from this course, and, and hopefully it grows from whatever it is that we're doing here, is I think... We are all born good. Yes. And I think we are all born with an intuition. Yes. And that gut. And I think over time, our society sends a different message. And my my hope is that by um, talking about these things with young people, because we've always talked to parents, and now we're like, well, wait a second, maybe we can talk to kids at the same time, is for them to 
notice when their intuition or gut tells them something and the group is going in one direction and for them to be strong enough and courageous enough to stand on their own terms and say, hey, this either I'm going to leave this situation situation, or I'm going to do something to remedy the situation or I'm going to get help to help somebody in this situation, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, teenage alcohol or teenage sexuality, whatever it is. But I want these boys to stand up and be a man what, you know, what our definition it, it is to be a man. And, you know, a lot of the things that drove us to this place, there's a lot of different stories, but one of the biggest ones was the issues where um, young girls are getting raped, um, you know, like the Steubenville issue where the two football players raped that young girl. And a lot of people were watching and taking pictures and no one seemed to to break it up. Nobody seemed to understand how wrong it was. And there was a lot of victim blaming. And of course the girl has responsibility for certain things, maybe choices she made that weren't so great, but nobody looks at the boys and says, what, what in there, where did they learn that this was okay? And they did learn it. They did. They learned that that girl, they learned it from poor role modeling. Yeah. They learned it from TV. They learned it from movies. They learned it from magazines. They learned it from our own failures as a collective group of parents, not giving them the right message. That's right. And that we, they somehow looked, didn't see that girl as human Mm -hmm. and they didn't see her to have any value. And what that tells me, and I'm going therapist 101, but is they don't see any value in themselves. Mm -hmm. So it is a, if you love who you are, if you respect who you are, having an understanding of who you are, you can't treat someone that Mm -hmm. way. It's impossible because if you're full with something, you can't, that's what you give away. And if they are full of pain and they're full of their own, and you know, you'll say, but they were football players, they're popular. That doesn't mean anything, you guys. There are, uh, one of the clips that we um, put on our Facebook page last week was about this boy who's 19, who was popular, did great at school, was a comedian, um, had tons of friends, was an athlete, and he was depressed. Mm-hmm. And, and he didn't want to talk to anybody about it because everyone would be like, but you got everything you want. It's not external, you guys. It's internal. Right. Just because you have all the external. I mean, let's talk about Corey Mont- Monteith, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, it, he's got this show. He's got a girlfriend. He's got the life. He's got money. He was doing heroin. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you? It means you he's know? trying to fill a void inside. That's right. So we can't we can't be so simple to right. think that this plus this equals happiness. Right. It's deeper. Right. Um, well, and then the one other word I want to throw out there is empathy, and that's yeah. a word that I'm uh, embracing a little bit more as I'm preparing for these this curriculum that we're starting. And you know, when guys are in a situation and they see something not right happen, it's very um, challenging to stand your ground with a bunch of other guys yeah it's because your reputation everything you are is at risk yeah and what i hope that we can do is put ourselves in whatever position it is of whatever victim we're talking about Mm -hmm. saying it's not about your reputation it's about put yourselves in this other person's position and what would you do Mm -hmm. and And what would you want someone else to to do do for for you you. so anyways you you have to you you have to live from a place where you see other people through your, how do I say this? You have to understand that everyone is very like you and mm. that there is not a hierarchy of I can do this, but they can experience that. There is, we have to understand that we're all connected. All right, so here's our last clip. It's a shorter one. It's 11 seconds, so here we go. Mm. 
My father has never in 30 some odd years of life told me he loved me. We didn't do that. That was an emotion and emotions weren't allowed to be shown. I tell my son I love him every day at this point. Okay, so that's pretty much self-explanatory, but Mm -hmm. um, I can't wait for this movie to come out. I can't wait to show it to my men's group. I can't wait to um, just have this as a tool or a resource for the mothers and fathers out there to say, listen, there's a new dialogue that needs to start happening right away. Good good words. And it's hard um, for us because we have three daughters, and it's, it's funny, and I said this on a previous show, forget what it's like to be a teenage boy mm-hmm. and be and my focus is always on girls right now so i actually reach out to our audience saying how do i connect with you parents that have sons mm-hmm. what language would you connect with um because i'm 100 percent positive on the content of what it is that we're going to do with this mm-hmm. bu curriculum it's a six-week session it's not a big commitment but we are ha- i'm i'm doing a bad job of using the language to connect with these parents. And I ask our listeners, say, how can I better present this? So it's not, and it's funny, I sadly, I think it's, I think the moms would be for it and the dads would be like, what are you sending my son to? Right, right. See, that's the thing is, I don't know, It's there's many layers. Part of it's language and we're working on that and we're trying to become more... Um, universal. You know, universal, or... connecting to people on what what they can hear. But I think that there's many levels of this, and some of it is fear mm-hmm. about what does this mean. And this is what I will say. One of the clips that is more visual in this uh, documentary, so we can't play it, is a man who he um, works with boys mm-hmm. who are in their teens um, talking to them about, you know, their experiences and why they make the choices they do. Cause many of these boys are not making great choices. And so he asks them after working with them for a while to write down what things people don't know about them. What things do they experience and hold and feel that people don't know? And 90, what do you say? 95% of the boys in that room wrote anger, mm-hmm. fear, mm-hmm. and pain. Right. And he said, this is not a coincidence that all of you boys feel anger, fear, and pain. And when we tell our boys to not feel their emotions, when we tell them to not be weak and be vulnerable, when we tell them to not cry and we tell them to shut down, they become alone. Mm-hmm. The, the statistics for suicide is higher for boys. The statistic, well, it's every, I hate to... Well, the boys are getting passed up in the workplace. I mean, yeah. girls. there's more girls graduating from college. Right. I mean... More boys dropping out of school, more boys drinking, binge drinking um, under 17. Obviously, more go to jail. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, um, we've got an epidemic, but no one wants to look at it. I know. So, so anyway, this is the, but this is a good thing. Instead of going to the fear place of, oh no, this could happen. Think there are, there are things, there are things that as parents we can do as a society, there are people who can help. And why not, instead of get our sons to a place where they have to have a midlife crisis and figure this out at 45, let's help them figure it out early. Because those are the boys and girls that are going to end up making this world a better place, but we need to start now. Give them the tools. So, here, here. Um, I want to say the the documentary is called "The Mask You Live," and they're actually doing a fundraising campaign right now. A Kickstarter campaign. Kickstarter campaign, and we'll have it in our show notes. And I'm show notes is kind of a popular term for me now. Basically, anything that is of value on our podcast, I'm now putting the links and everything else in our show notes. So it's going to be a pretty valuable. If you like the show, 
um, resource for you. It's you know because most people are doing other things when they listen to this podcast, so they're not in a place to write anything down. The show notes is like your cheat sheet to every podcast we do. So I'll have the link to if you want to donate to it. We donated to it. And mm-hmm. I think their goal is $80,000, and they've already... sixty nine. Ra- no, they've raised seventy one yes. as of this morning. Yes. So they're on their way. Um, you can look at this five-minute preview, and... Um, we'll put it on our Facebook page again. Yes, and, uh, Facebook page and show notes, so... Um, I want to talk about our second partner before we get into the next topic. Do you want to add anything else before nope, we move on? that's a good... Okay, so Tree of Life is our chiropractor. Dr. Kelly does an amazing job. Um, she Her phone number is 630-941-8733. Um, Dr. Kelly works really well with all the insurance companies. Um, she adjusts all five of us. Works very well with children, families, parents, adults, and she's grandparents. she's located here in Elmhurst, Illinois. So make sure you give her a call, 630 630- Nine four one eight seven three three. The website is chirotree.com. Healthy families by choice. Not by chance. All right. So now I want to get to this uh, 11 things I wish every parent knew. Okay. And talk about flying by the seat of your pants. I showed this to you about three minutes before <laughs> we pressed record. But this guy, his name is Stephen Cohen. And he's a doctor. Pediatrician, MD, who has kind of gone the route of becoming a more integrative healthcare kind of doctor, more holistic, whole body. He's also an acupuncturist. Um, so he has the, it's the kind of the Western Eastern mix. Uh, did you say he's chiropractic too or no? Is he a chiropractor too? Oh, I got it right. Here. I know he's an MD. Um, uh, let's see. Did, did he, did, oh, pediatrics. No, I didn't. No, he's an acupuncturist. Yes. Alternative approaches to health problems yeah. in children. And I was just kind of reading, you know, his background and also just reading through these 11 things. And he has the mindset that I think that is so important with any kind of health care is, of course, we're so thankful to have Western medicine and have things we can do when something happens. But what about the preventative? Mm-hmm. What about what can we do so things don't happen right. or happen less or happen less frequently? Um, and that's kind of the mindset, any kind of practitioner I work with, that's the mindset I'm looking for is how can I be healthy just for the sake of being healthy? Do right. I have to wait till I'm sick right. to get help? So the website that I got this off of is mindbodygreen.com, which I wasn't familiar with up, up until I clicked on this. A friend of mine named Chris, thank you, Chris, for sending this to me. Um, so I don't think we're going to have time to go through all of them. So we're just going to start at the yeah. top and work our way down. Because it's totally speaking our language. Well, like like Todd said, he showed it to me three minutes before we started, and I was looking through them, thinking, "Oh, it's another list. It's mm-hmm. another, and it's wonderful. Yeah. Like it's everything kind of wrapped up. All these things that we talk about on the show." Well, a quick sw- segue about lists. Like I know, like I'm I'm listening to all these podcasts about podcasts about how to run a good podcast and gain attention. Are you listening to podcasts about podcasts? I am. About how to run a good podcast? And, how, and every title for every podcast seems to be like the five best things to do this right. or the seven best things to do that. And that drives me nuts. And I know it's effective, but it seems like it's an inauthentic way of, to grab somebody. Well, when I wrote my first book, the mm. what my editor at the time told me is you have to put a number in your title. Right. And I don't know why it bugs me. It really, who cares? But... I just feel like that's kind of the cheap and easy way of, of right. grabbing people. Right. But we might use that cheap and easy way because We're using it right now. this is a list that actually we believe in right? versus just artificially making a list. Right. And this is not our list. This is this guy's list. He does 25 years of practicing pediatrics and caring for thousands of children. This guy, Stephen, has noticed some patterns that offer a deeper vision of health. Mm, Number probably. one, 
Growth and development are not a race. What do you think about that? Well, I think that's something that we've mentioned on the show many times, that there is, there's no sense in comparing um, yourself to other people. There's no time limit that you have to reach where you have to do something by a certain time. You know, a child, some children, my niece walked at nine months, and then one of my children walked at 15 months. That's a pretty big disparity. You know, some kids don't walk till they're 18 months, and the thing is, is it's much easier to view it when our kids are really, really little because the milestones are so big and, and obvious, so obvious. Walking, crawling. Exactly. But we get our kids into school and, you know, all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh, they're supposed to be reading. They're not readers. They're not doing what everybody else in the class is doing. Therefore, there's something wrong. We have to make it, get them a tutor. We have to push them harder. Kids develop at different rates. Well, and you just talked to a group of women and daughters yesterday yeah, and you challenged them to say because they were struggling with certain things right and you're like ladies you all struggled when you were worried that your kid wasn't walking at right. 10 months well we were talking about that? sure yesterday i worked with a wonderful group of women and their daughters third grade daughters and we all sat together and talked about um issues like bullying and kids who are not nice to each other and you know how to deal with those things tools to start talking about those things and many of the mothers were very concerned and very triggered by this issue. And I use the word triggered for a, a reason in that they probably had a similar experience when they were young. And so then to have their child struggle with some kind of a girl not being nice to a girl or friend issues, it not only causes them concern for their own child, but it brings up that memory for them. Mm -hmm. And that's usually why we're triggered about something with our kids is because we experienced it too, or it causes fear in right. us. So basically, you know, breaking it down and this doesn't take it away, but it simplifies it. It's going to be okay. Right. And y the work you need to do is on you and understanding what that brings up in you. And maybe there's some things you need to work through, but this is a, just another milestone in life is a kid can't understand why you're not mean to someone unless someone's mean to them and they don't feel good about it. Right. You have to have the experience to know you don't want to do it to other people, A, and B, so you know you can handle it next time it happens. Right. Because the thing I was telling the little girls is this happens to grown women sometimes. Sometimes mm -hmm. grown women aren't nice to grown women. And we have to not try and look at the world and say they should be different. They shouldn't say this. We have to be able to turn and look inside and say, how do I handle this? Mm -hmm. And what choices do I make? Mm -hmm. Do I then turn it around on them and be mean too? And then we have this big fight and argument and we do what they do on all the new housewives or right. the, what are they called? I don't the know. housewife show and, you know, New, be Jersey, catty. new Jersey housewives. Yeah, whatever, you know, and, and act that way. Or do we actually make a decision to be more conscientious and to make choices that feel good for us and to um, say things that, you know, that are really... Um, show what kind of person we are. And these are the tools we need. We don't need tools to learn how to fight better or make people feel bad. Mm -hmm. We need tools to strengthen our internal so we can tolerate it. Right. So anyway. Okay. So number two, creating family traditions encourages strong roots and a healthy life. And it's funny because as good of parents as that I think you and I are, I don't know if we're heavy into family traditions. Mm. Um, we have ice cream night on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think it's kind of how you define traditions because I bet you're probably thinking tradition in the sense of we do this on Christmas. We do this like that we, that we structure family meals. I mean, summer, we, we do structure some family meals and summer. I think we kind of flail a little bit here's, because we get out of our, our, you know, our regular routine. Correct. I agree with that. But here's the thing. It's again, broad. Remember, we were just talking about broadening a perspective on something. Right. How often are you with the girls? A lot. 
pretty much 80% of the time. Mm. So you understand some families have to have a family meal where everybody sits right. down because they haven't seen each other all right. day. We do do structured meals and we have, um, you know, sometimes, not all the time, mm-hmm. um, and we have some, you know, understanding around why that's important. But at the same time, we are home mm-hmm. with the girls the majority of the time, so we're having interactions a lot. Right. So family meals are not the only time we see each other, right. where for some families it is. That's their, yeah, that's their, that's their, their time. Yeah, that's and true. I think we have to, again, redefine what a tradition is. Maybe a tradition is every night before bed, we read a book mm-hmm. together. A tradition is family movie night. Mm-hmm. A tradition is breaking off and having dates with individual, you know, like, you know, tonight I'm taking JC to a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's a... I think instead of defining it by someone else's terms, what do you do in your family that's unique? Well, and I would like to ask our audience, because maybe we'll post up maybe on our Facebook page, is what are some of your favorite family, family traditions? traditions? Yeah, that's good. And if there's something that I really dig, then maybe we'll start it. Or maybe, you know, I, I want to start a dialogue between our listeners because, you know, we're not experts. We're trying to learn from our listeners just like they're trying to learn from us. You're an expert, sweetie. <laughs> Dad always I'm says not. I'm not. I'm not saying no. I don't like the word expert. Guru. Uh, no, I don't like Yoda, the word guru. Jedi master. But we are coming from. It's not like sometimes when you say that. But I, having said that, we do have things that we can always always learn, learn from. Yes, so I that's, 100% that, agree that's with that. That's all I'm trying to say. I 100% agree with that. But there are many podcasts out there that the people who are giving the podcasts are they're coming from a parenting perspective solely. Right, and we're not. You got your masters. You've written two books. You got your blog. I your yoga instructor. Right, and, and they and if you've been listening, you know all that. But it, there we have. To, and you are also trained in all these things as well. And this is everything you read. I'm not you an run, author. You Well, you write. I'm, I own my master's you, in clinical social stop work. Stop it. And Sorry. you run a men's group and you mm. teach boys and you are a coach. You have skills in this area. So when you're like. Skills we, to pay the bills. When you throw up your hands and go, we don't know anything. It's not true. That's, I know. That triggers you. Talk about triggers. It does. It triggers me a little bit. I you tell. know why? Because of what I just said. That there's a lot of wonderful podcasts out there and I love listening to them. It's not about they're bad, we're good. It's about that a lot of parents parents write things like the article I brought home for you today that mm. the woman wrote that they're writing the, things the drama from, queen yeah one. about from a parent's perspective which is valid and mm. good um but they don't have any professional experience with this and right. they haven't worked with families and they're just giving an opinion and the the you know I've been doing this my whole life mm. so there's I feel that we can you when you say we don't really know mm. I want to be like what do you mean mm-hmm. Anyway. Well, and I think my whole intent of saying that was that we can learn from them just like they can learn from us. And I 100% agree with that. That Done. there's always something to learn and some of the best questions have come from the people who listen and people have written to me and challenged me on things that I've said and many times they've been right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this isn't that Kathy or you didn't mention this Kathy and they're 100% right. So there's always... And you like to be challenged. I do. I like to be in the student role. That's when they're listening. That's when you know that they're listening. Exactly. And they're thinking through it themselves because what is it? What was that thing I read to you from Tom Shady, Shadyak's book about once you define something? What was that thing? Once something has a definition, you're no longer contemplating it. Once you give something a label, then all of a sudden thought disappears. Mm-hmm. And if you can keep questioning and keep saying, well, yeah, I hear you, but what about this? Then you are in a state of perpetual learning. Right. And gotcha. I, I dig that. Um, so family traditions, if you have any, go ahead and send us an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com or on our Facebook page. Uh, number three, we grow in cycles. What do you think about that one? Um, well, the thing that I underlined about that is that, um, 
there's a few things, but one of the things that he says in there is that it means that we don't just learn something once, mm. that in life, things come and go in a cycle, just like seasons do. And sometimes we need to relearn a lesson or, or learn a lesson through a different lens. Well, maybe you didn't get it the first time. You didn't you will get have it. another chance yes. to figure it out. So I think that's more of parents need to be mindful of, hey, if you screwed up or your kid screwed up, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to understand the exact same lesson next next time around. And they may need to learn a lesson and then use it in a different capacity, meaning you may understand, okay, be kind to people, be nice to people in preschool, but then how does that work in middle school? Mm-hmm. And you have to relearn that lesson. You have to figure out how to integrate that into your existing system. And I think that a lot of, and let me just say this, I did a presentation last week for some moms who have young kids like toddlers. And one of the things that came up is I have to tell my kid over and over again to do something. Why do I have to do that? They should listen to me the first time, which I feel the frustration of that because I experience that too. Sometimes you just want to say, oh my gosh, how many times do I have to say, put your shoes on? But we have to understand that, first of all, to not get caught up in that emotion and become offended by it. We take it as a personal slight if our child doesn't do something we say to do. And we're not taking into account their own internal dialogue. They're humanness. They're not a robot. Well, and and I I catch myself with that all the time. Like, you know, I I told you, I do this and they don't do it. And then I catch myself. I'm like, what really am I? Am I really trying to create a robot or am I trying to... Believe me, in the moment, I just want them to do whatever it is I'm right. asking them to do. The frustration is very authentic. But then I step back and say, no, this is the whole part of the whole spiritual practice of learning about myself and my ability to deal with frustration. And um, so anyways, that's my That's deal. actually, I don't want to skip ahead to it because I think that's probably is, I don't know if we're going to do any more of these, no, but one not. of these that one of Stephen Cohen's. 11 things I wish every parent would know is that parenting is a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. And what Todd just said is exactly true, that when you are triggered by something, when something does cause you to lose your patience, that is an opportunity to learn about yourself. Mm -hmm. Why does that bother you so much? What does that mean to you? Why are you, why is your child offending you? What does that tell you about your your ability or inability to handle something? And it's not about self-shaming. It's about recognition and then working on that rather than working, saying, I need to change my child. How can I handle this better? Because the child is, by definition, a child. Mm-hmm. They're still learning how to be a, a person. That's right. And we are grown people. So that's the preview for when we talk yes. about that next time. Okay. So, um, this is kind of a dense show, in my opinion, mm-hmm. like pretty heavy stuff, but yeah. good stuff. Yeah. So I say we downshift okay. into something a little more fun. Okay. Um, we watched a movie two nights ago. Which one? Oh, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods, because Yikes. it was on Netflix and it was free, and Thrifty McSaves a lot likes free stuff. So let me say this. Todd and I have talked about on this show before, or I have at some point, that I just used to love horror movies in my teens, and then I cannot do horror movies anymore. And the last horror movie I saw was Paranormal Activity. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? The first one, not like 3, 4, 5, and 12. And it scared me to death, and I took me years to, to deal with that. So... That's the last scary movie I saw until Friday. Was it Friday? Saturday. Saturday. The girls were at a party. And so Todd and I, we do these things. We do date nights at home, even if the girls are home or going to come home. We just say, let's have a date, even though they're here. 
And so Todd said, let's watch Cabin in the Woods. And I said, oh, why not? Because I had heard it was scary, but it had some kind of twist and that it was not your typical horror movie. And that's what I heard, too. I like I didn't want to see another Jason or no, Michael Myers I wouldn't thing. see Saw. So this was definitely... Um, so I am typically don't like horror films, so I was pleasantly surprised. So yeah. And it's free on Netflix, and a lot of our listeners have Netflix. So um, I just think it was so different. That's why I'm giving it my B average. Oh my gosh, I I give it a C minus. Really? Yes. Really? Now it wasn't scary. That's no, the thing. Well, it was. It scary. wasn't scary to me. Okay, it was scary because there is a piece of it. There. Why Todd's saying it wasn't scary is that I, I don't want to give too much away. But while you're watching things that are happening, you are aware that they are being created to happen. That it's not like one of those things where it's really a mm-hmm. murderer on the street or something scary. Um, but there is, I mean, there's an incredible amount of gore and violence yeah, in that movie. Yeah, that doesn't movie. bother me at all. Right, but it's not something I really like to take in. Mm. My, you know, Speaking a, of which, I wanted to make fun of you for something. Okay. I'm you just s- talked about not taking certain things in. Yes. So literally about one-third of the movie, <laughs> it was spent with Kathy putting her hand up in between her eyes and the screen. Right. So... Like, I thought that you were, like, maybe watching half the screen. No. Or, like, the top half or the bottom. Like, I didn't understand the positioning of your hand versus the screen. But she, you can't see what I'm doing. But you basically just put your hand straight in front of your eyes. Right. You extend it all the way. Right. And afterwards, I said, why don't you just close your eyes? And what did you say? I said, I am closing my eyes. So not only do you have to (laughs) close your eyes, because you figure closing your eyes will do it. Right. Or walk out of the room. But you close your eyes, and then you put the hand up. What's with the hand? Because the hand is up to to push away the negative energy of the movie. That The funny parts... First of all, this movie was written by the guy who did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so the writing is kind of funny. Josh Whedon, I think his name is. Anyway, so the, I, the listening to it is pretty funny. I'm engaged. But the gory parts, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. So not only do I close my eyes, but I put my hand up because I that is the way that did I... Did your arm get tired? Because it's up the there a away. lot. Um, yeah, I, no, it didn't get tired, but it works. And you know what? I don't have any of those images. When I saw that something was going to happen, I don't watch it. You know, the other part that drives me crazy what? is you'll do that. And then what will you do after that? I'll say what just happened. You'll say what just happened. <laughs> now, first of all, I'm not really good at explaining things to begin with. I have a kind of an aversion to explaining something a second time. In the middle time, of the movie? And in the middle of the movie. So, yeah, we need to work on that a okay. little bit. Well, no, I think that maybe we'll just accept each other. And, and you know but why? But then stop asking me what just happened. Because if, I just want to be able to continue with the movie and, and, you know, and follow she, you'd through. You'd be like, what just happened? I'm like, he's dead. That's, what, <laughs> that's just what happened. Well, yeah. And you know what? What, I will, what I'm hearing is that in the middle of the movie, you don't want to sit there and explain it to me. And I understand that. And that is annoying. But I'm not going to watch it so then you don't have to explain because it's painful to my system. And then someone would be listening to this and say, why are you watching it in the first place? I'm human. Mm-hmm. I like to sit down with my husband and watch a scary movie and have enjoy that. And, you know, it's like, why do I have cake? I don't know, because it tastes good sometimes. Mm-hmm. It, watching a scary movie or a it's stimulating crass, stimulates the senses. Exactly. The, in a, such a way that your normal day-to-day existence does not. Right. And, like, that's why I watch, like, like I was talking about, you know, The 40-Year-Old Virgin or any of those Seth Rogen movies or any, or It's, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Why do I watch these things when they're not really positive? Well, they're like sugar. Mm-hmm. You know, they give you a jolt to your system. 
system and then but what I try not to do is do it too much mm. and I try and balance it with other stuff. Well, you do you get plenty of the other stuff. I know, sweetie. I get plenty of Oprah. A lot of Oprah. Going on. <laughs> so anyway, All but right. it was I don't know if I can recommend Cabin in the Woods. Um, I'd give it a C minus. It's it's a decent horror film. If you're it's better than like your It's better than most cuz yeah. most suck. Okay. And this one didn't. Okay. It was average or slightly above And a average. few funny lines that I was really like, those are lines. really funny lines. All right. So before I get to my tournament of bad, um, I want to talk about our third partner, Avid Company. They do painting and remodeling all over the Chicagoland area. Their number is 630-956-1800. Give them a call if you need any painting or remodeling uh, in the Chicagoland area. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and then I want to do the books thing, too, for maybe one more show. Okay. Because we're getting close to 100 reviews. Yes. On iTunes. Thank you, everybody. I think we're at like 93. Unbelievable. So the deal is, if you're listening to this and you want to help us out, and you also want to buy Kathy's books for half price, all you got to do is give us an iTunes review, and then email me at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Say, Todd. I gave you a review. What do I do now? What do I do now? And then I'll reply back to you. But it has actually been quite effective. We've gotten like 15 reviews in the last two weeks. And we've sent out a ton of books for half price. And that's so fun. That's fun to me because they're getting out there in the world. Mm -hmm. And you're getting them for cheap. And we're getting an iTunes review. It's like a nice exchange of energy. Mm -hmm. And we really do appreciate that. And um, so thank you. Thank you very much. Um, anything else we need to promote other than the BU course, which which is going to be upcoming? But um, yeah, and I'm going to put it on the Facebook page and go to my website, kathycadams.com. If you look at my home page, there's a link to it so you can read more about it because I basically Todd and I put together like all these question and answer about it questions and answers. Um, so people who are like, okay, I'm kind of interested, but give me more. And if you want more um, information, email me. And again, you can contact me through kathycadams.com or comments at zenparentingradio.com. Um, and, you know, just it's, we know it's important. We know we're going to do it. Now we just need the leaders to start this because as we've said before, this is more than just a class. This is we're trying to make a movement here where these kids who are in this class initially um, are going to be graduates. And then the next time we do a class, they're going to help with it or they're going to be people that these new kids can go to. And we're going to do continuing education and we're going to get together and have go bowling together and we're going to keep connected to these families. And so this is, it's big. I'm, I, I'm super excited. My bowling game is a little subpar these days. Yeah, I don't know how mine is. I used to be a leaguer. Back when I was a little kid. I used to be a Dungeons and Dragons guy. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> um, okay, my turn on bad real quickly because we are running a little behind is bowls of cereal. Okay. I like drinking the milk afterwards. Yeah. Sometimes the bowls are all out and we have to use the saucers. Yes. Which are the shallow wide ones. Oh my gosh, it's such a good word. They're like saucers. And They're like I, cat bowls. And I can't stand... I mean, I, I'll do it if I have to. I just... I think... I could even. I think I'd rather use a coffee mug for my cereal than a shallow, wide saucer. Yeah, I don't mind the saucers. But that's because you waste all the milk. Yeah, I don't drink all the milk. I don't really have cereal that much anymore. I know, but when you do, you waste yeah. the milk. Okay, I I give you that. Yes, and you know who else does? Skylar. All of our kids. Yes. Nobody drinks the milk. I know. They have no appreciation for that cow. I know. They just they just want it in the cereal and then they're done with it. And I kind of have to agree. I kind of have to disagree. Okay. Why don't you pour it back into your own container and then you can re-drink the old milk for the next day? Not a bad idea. Oh, that's so gross. All right. So that's it. This is Todd Adams. Oh, uh, where's my clothes? You, you say this is Kathy Adams. 
This is Kathy Adams. And you are the self-aware parent. Well, I'm one of many self-aware parents. Uh, like our Facebook page and email us at comments at Zen Parenting Radio. And check out your blog at Chicago Now slash self-aware parent. That's right. And check out our show notes for the show because uh, we'll have all the links in there. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great week. Bye.